Satan holds sway over the earth because he does. He holds sway over the whole earth. The Bible is very plain on that particular point. Um, let's have a look at another passage of scripture. We, the two points we want to discuss today is the fact that Satan is the god of this age, the god of this world, and that he is the adversary of the church. Those are the two points we want to concentrate. We're still dealing with uh, how Satan operates as the god of this world, um, as revealed to us in scripture. Revelation chapter 20 verse 1 to 3. The scripture says, Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, having the key to the bottomless pit, and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold of the dragon, that serpent of old, who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. And he cast him into the bottomless pit, and shut him up, and set a seal on him, so that he should deceive the nations no more, till the thousand years were finished. But after these things he must be released for a little while. And so it is coming a time when Satan and his angels will be completely removed from the earth. And that is when our Lord Jesus Christ comes to the earth to set up his millennial reign. That's when Satan and his crowd will be bound up in the bottomless pit. Now, when that happens, um, one of the things that, that happens, the scripture says here, is that he will deceive the nations no more, the scripture says. And so... It gives us an idea as to how Satan does rule over the affairs of mankind. He does it through deception. Um, because he is the God of this world who has blinded the minds of the unbelievers. And so they don't understand the truth. And because they don't understand the truth, they believe the lie that he deceives them with. Think about Eve. She was deceived by Satan. She honestly believed that God lied and Satan told the truth because God said in the day you eat of that fruit, the knowledge of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil, you will surely die. Satan said you will not die. Eve believed that and so she was deceived. And so that's what Satan does. As the God of this world who blinds the minds of the unbelievers, he deceives them into believing that God's word is not true. And so they don't believe the gospel message. They don't believe the Bible. They don't believe everything that God says. And, but they do believe what Satan says. And so that's how he holds sway over the earth, is that he leads them by deception. Because they're blinded, they can't see the light of the gospel, and so they believe the lie. They don't, like Eve, she believed the lie and didn't believe the truth. And so all the world believes that the, the word of God is in fact the lie. Um, and so they don't follow after the word of God. They follow after their own various religions, but behind every one of those religions, all of it adds up into the God of this age, who is Satan. He has all of these demons working for him. And the one demon sets up a religion in this part of the world, another demon sets up a religion in that part of the world. But those demons report to Satan. So ultimately, whichever religion you're in, outside of the kingdom of God, you are worshipping a demon who is ultimately um, responsible to Satan who is the God of this world. So that's just kind of how his kingdom works in reigning over the affairs of mankind. And so all of mankind think that they've got their own truths, but ultimately all of mankind is following the lies that Satan has put out there so that they will then bow their knees to him and he can thus uh, reign in their uh, lives to a greater or lesser degree as we said. Look at this passage of scripture. Uh, Isaiah chapter 14, verse 3 to 12. It's very illustrative to us as to how Satan does in fact rule over the world. 
the scripture says, it shall, come, it shall come to pass in the day that the Lord gives you rest from your sorrow and from your fear and the hard bondage in which you were made to serve. Okay, this is that is God talking to his people. That you will take up this proverb against the king of Babylon and say, how the oppressor has ceased, the golden city ceased. This is now a picture of Satan. This is God describing Satan. The Lord has broken the staff of the wicked, the scepter of the ruler. A scepter is for a king. He rules. Um, he who struck the people in wrath with a continual stroke, he who ruled the nations in anger, is persecuted and no one hinders. The whole earth is at rest and quiet. They break forth into singing. Indeed, the cypress trees rejoice over you and the cedars of Lebanon, saying... Since you were cut down, no woodsman has come up against us. Hell from beneath is excited about you to meet you at your coming. It stirs up the dead for you. All the chief ones of the earth, it has raised up from their thrones all the kings of all the nations. They all shall speak and say to you, Have you also become as weak as we? Have you become like us? Your pomp is brought down to shell. And the sound of your stringed instruments, the maggots, spread, is spread under you, and the worms cover you. How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How you are cut down to the ground, you who weakened the nations. And so, um, this, the scripture is very plain to us. This is a, a picture of Satan when he is bound for that thousand years and cast into the bottomless pit. So this is not when he goes into the, the lake of fire and brimstone, the second death, at the end of the age. But this is when he goes down into Hades. Um, and so we see when that happens that the whole earth, the scripture says, is at rest and quiet. And they break forth into singing. Now why is that? Because this, this ruler, this wicked, cruel ruler, has been removed from the earth. And so all of the... the adversity in life, all of the sickness and all of the pain that is caused in life is caused by this particular individual. And when he is taken out of the way, then uh, the earth is at rest and quiet and peaceful and breaks forth into is singing and joyful. Uh, obviously he and his angels um, incur then torment in, in Hades during that thousand year period. But the point that we wanted to get across from this is that Satan is a wicked ruler, a very cruel ruler the Bible describes him as. Now why is that? Well, he knows his destination, and his whole angelic realm that serve him know their destination. When our Lord was on the earth, on more than one occasion, the demons would cry out, Have you come to torment us before our time? And so they know that, that their age will come to a close. They don't know exactly when, but they know it's drawing to a close. They know at the end of their age that they will be cast. Our Lord said that the lake of fire and brimstone had been prepared by God for Satan and his angels. It was never prepared for mankind. But, by, but sadly, most of mankind have chosen to bow their knee to Satan, and so they will follow him into that lake of fire and brimstone. But the point is, is that Satan and his angels, realm, that whole realm that he, he, he rules over, I'm talking about the angelic realm now, not the realm of mankind, they all know their eternal destination. It's, it's decided already. All that is holding that back is the end of the age. 
that had end of the age has not yet come. When it does come, Satan and his angels will be cast into that lake of fire and brimstone for all eternity. And so because they know there's no recourse for them, there's no um, getting around it, that's where they're going. They are fully bent on trying to destroy as much as they can and take as much as they can with them when they go. Because there's no mercy there, there's no, there's no compassion there, because they are full of hatred for mankind. They want to take as many of God's creations with them into that lake of fire because they know that's where they're going. And so that they will do everything in their power to take as much as they can with them. That's the only um, thing that they have available to them in this life, is to try and take as many men with them, mankind with them. And so that's what they do when they're on this earth. Um, and we, so it, it just gives us an idea of who we're dealing with in, as the ruler of this age, as the God of this world. He is a very cruel and wicked ruler. And his whole agenda is to destroy as many people as possible. That's all his agenda is. Now he does it through deception because he has to deceive mankind in order to get around their free will. Because if, again, any sane person, if, if they were faced with a lake of fire and brimstone, they would not jump in. But because they are deceived, they do not believe, like Satan has blinded their minds, they do not believe what God says about it. They believe the lie that there is no such thing as hell. Um, and so, because who, who puts that lie out? Satan does. And so he says, ah, disobey God. There's no such thing as hell. Satan said to Eve, disobey God, you will not die. And that's exactly what happens. They disobey God, they submit to Him, and they follow Him in to the lake of fire and brimstone. So that's the picture of the ruler of this age. And that person is the adversary of the church. And there's a specific reason why he is the adversary of the church. Pick up the scripture on that line in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 and 9. The scripture says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary... The devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. And so, with regards to Satan's reign in the earth, there are none that threaten his reign. Not one, no, no man threatens the reign of Satan, because they have all already willingly bow their knee to him, unknowingly being deceived, but nevertheless he is their God, and not a threat to him. But there is one people group in the earth today that are a complete threat to him and to his uh, kingdom, and that is the Church of Jesus Christ. Because the Bible teaches us when we come into the kingdom, God takes us out of the kingdom of darkness and translates us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. And so, the church no longer is under Satan's rule and dominion. And so the church is the, the one entity in the earth that is a major threat to Satan's um, rulership in the earth and also to his, his plan, because his plan is to try and take all of mankind with him into the lake of fire and brimstone. That's, that's his ultimate goal. If he can get everybody in there, then 
<laughs> he might be happy, but it, you know, he just knows, I'm going there, so I'm going to take as many as I can with me. And so there's one entity in the, in the earth today that can prevent him from doing that, and that is the church. And so that is why Satan is our adversary, because we are not under his rulership. We're not under his domain anymore. And um, that's where the, the, the warfare takes place. Because we are now against him and he is against us. And uh, that's where this whole thing is. That's why it's so important for Christians to get a hold of this type of teaching. Because they need to understand what they're up against. And how to deal with what they're up against. Because whether they believe it or not, they're up against this. Because Satan is our adversary. And so... <clears throat> We are, we are he, the greatest threat that he uh, has in the earth. Um, and so in this passage of scripture, he's described as, as a, uh, a roaring lion. Uh, he said, the scripture says he's like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And so Satan doesn't have authority over the church at all. And so what Satan has to do is just pretty much like he did when we were still in his, kin in his kingdom, we had to of our own free will submit to him. So he has to get the saint to, of their own free will, sin against God and submit to him. Now, we don't become part of his kingdom. There's ramifications around. We can discuss it today. But the point is, is that what Satan does when he roars in the life of the believer is he does this point here. Um, let me just go back to that passage of Scripture. He walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And then the Bible tells the church, saint, whom resists steadfast in the faith. And so the church is told to resist Satan. Steadfast in the faith. Knowing what? Knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. And so the roaring that Satan does in the life of the believer is he brings suffering into the life of that believer. Because if he can get the, the believer to... Um, kind of back down when they incur suffering in life and not serve God as, as, as diligently as they would otherwise. Well, then he's kind of won because that particular saint is now kind of neutralized in, as far as his kingdom is concerned. They're no longer a threat to him. But the scripture says that when the sufferings do come, because that's the roaring that he brings into our lives, we're to resist him steadfast in the faith. And so for the, the, the saint who resists their adversary when he brings suffering into their lives, however, whichever way avenue he chooses to do that, um, if the saint stands steadfast and resists him, well, Satan is prevented from any progress. He can't do anything more. But for the saint who chooses not to resist him and chooses to cave in when the suffering arises, well, then the game becomes a little bit more different because now Satan kind of has one in that area. And so that saint is not a threat to Satan anymore. And Satan can kind of um, dominate him in a way. Um, we're going to have a look at it in more detail, but I just wanted to get across in today's teaching is the fact that, we, that Satan is a god of this world, he's a very cruel uh, god, and the church is his, uh, is his adversary, and so he will come against the church, and he comes against the church through the avenue of suffering is one of the ways he comes against the church. 
Um, and so the church is, is, is instructed by God how to deal with it. When the suffering arises, we have to stand steadfast in the faith. And so that lion cannot then devour us because we're standing steadfast in the faith. But for the saint who chooses not to stand steadfast in the faith and run away, <laughs> you know, that it is quite possible for the lion to devour them. Let's have a look at, that's the Apostle Peter's counsel to the church. Let's look at the Apostle Paul's counsel to the church. Again, just highlighting this truth to us. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 to 13. He says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against the spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand." And so the Apostle Paul is just a bit more descriptive than what the Apostle Peter is, but they're both talking about the same thing. They're both showing us that our adversary is the devil. Now, what the Apostle Paul teaches us in his teaching is he says we need to be putting on the armor of God. Now, in the modern conflict of armies today, they do wear body armor. They have these bulletproof um, uh, flak jackets and helmets and that type of thing. And so one only, even, even um, what do we call those things? things? Journalists that go into combat areas put on body armor. And so you would only wear body armor, armor of God, if you were in a conflict, in a war zone. You're not going to wear armor if you're in a beautiful, peaceful environment where there's no warfare taking place. But when you enter into a conflict zone, a war zone, that's when you put body armor on. Now, the Bible teaches us, the church, to put on the armor of God. It never tells us to take it off. And it, it doesn't say, okay, you know, on, on this day, on, on, on your Sabbath, take your armor off, put it up in the cupboard, uh, because that's your day of rest. No, the Bible teaches us we keep our armor on all the time. Why is that? Because we are in a, a war zone. This is a, a conflict environment we're in. For we have an adversary out there who is out to destroy us. Don't forget, we're dealing with a very, very cruel adversary. He has no mercy at all because he knows his destination. And so he will do whatever he can to destroy it. Our Lord called, he said, the thief comes not but to kill, steal, and to destroy. That's his agenda. It's all he wants to do. And so... We are, that's one of the aspects that we pick up from this passage of Scripture, is that we're in a war zone, and we need to be wearing the body armor of God. Um, and that's, that's the reason why God makes His armor available to us, because we're in a conflict zone. Whether we like it or not, that's where we are. Now, also, the, we see in this passage, there's a number of things. Now, the Apostle Paul talks about standing against the wiles of the devil in the evil day. Now, the Apostle Peter talks about sufferings coming in our lives. And so the evil day and the sufferings are synonymous terms. That's when things go horribly wrong in the, in the believer's life. And we'll deal with that as we get into the series. But the Apostle Paul also talks about dealing with the wiles of the devil. And that's talking about the sin temptation that Satan brings into the life of the devil. So there are these two avenues that Satan... Uh, comes against the, the, the saint in, in the earth. He comes against the saint 
through the wiles of the devil to try to tempt them because he's called the tempter to try and tempt them to committing sin because he knows that if he can get them into sin he can then ensnare them and thus render them um, powerless in certain areas but the other way he comes against the saint is through the avenue of the evil day or sufferings in the life of the believer and so in both instances we're told to withstand stand against him Put on the armor of God and stand against him. And so for the saint who stands against Satan when he tries to tempt them or when he tries to bring the evil day into their lives, Satan has no recourse against that. He cannot gain access into that saint's life. But for the saint who chooses not to stand against him, well then the outcome is obviously um, quite different. Now also the Apostle Paul gives us some um, insight into Satan's realm because he speaks about the different uh, levels of authority in Satan's kingdom. And he starts off with the lowest realm, principalities, then he moves to powers, then he goes to the rulers of the darkness of this world, and then he moves up into spiritual wickedness in the heavenlies. Because Satan's realm is currently, the, his, his angelic beings are in the heavenlies. Because at the end of the age, drawing to the close of the age, Michael and his angels, will, war will break out in heaven. And Michael and his angels will fight against Satan and his angels, and they will cast them out of heaven to the earth. That event has not yet happened. And so Satan and his angels, the spiritual wickedness in the heavenly realms, still reside there. And so we have these different tiers of authority in Satan's kingdom. Remember I said to you, you have one demon sets up one religion in one part of the earth, another demon sets up another religion in another part of the earth, and all of those people follow after that religion thinking that they found a certain truth, but every one of those demons that they are worshipping report up to the rulers of the darkness of this world who report up to spiritual wickedness in high places who report up to Satan. And so that's how his kingdom uh, operates and functions. But all of it is geared up to try and destroy as much of mankind as possible, take them into hell with them. And all of them are against the church because it is only the church that is a threat to them in the earth. And so, you know, they will definitely do whatever they can to come against the body of Christ, the church of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so it's so important for the church to recognize she's in a war zone and who the enemy is and how to deal with the enemy. Because if we don't, ignorance is not bliss in the kingdom of God. Uh, our Lord said it in the Old Testament, but it's true. He said, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. And so that's what Satan does to the world. He blinds their minds. Because their minds are blinded, they're completely um, taken in. They're ineffectual. They are no threat to him whatsoever. And so he tries to neutralize the saints as well. And he does that through um, the wiles of the devil, temptation, and he does that through the evil day, suffering. Those are his two main tools that he uses. Let's have a look at another passage of Scripture. Revelation chapter 12, verse 13 to 17. The Scripture says, Now when the dragon, talking about Satan, saw that he had been cast to the earth, he persecuted the woman who gave birth to the male child. But the woman who was given, was given two wings of a great eagle, that she might fly into the wilderness to her place, where she is nourished for a time, times and half a time, from the presence of the serpent. So the serpent spewed out water from his mouth like a flood after the woman, that he might cause her to be carried away by the flood. But the earth helped the woman, and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed up the flood, which the dragon had spewed out of his mouth. And the dragon was enraged with the woman, 
and he went to make war with the rest of her offspring who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. And this is a picture of Satan. Now that opening passage, uh, verse there says, now when the dragon saw that he had been cast to the earth, that's after that uh, war breaks out in heaven that I mentioned, when Michael and his angels war against Satan and his angels, and um, Satan and his angels can't prevail, and Michael and his angels cast them out of heaven. And Satan and his angels are cast to the earth. So that event has not yet transpired. The point that I wanted to make from this passage of scripture is that Satan goes off to make war with... He, he, the, the woman in this picture is Israel, uh, the natural Israel. Um, Satan also despises natural Israel. That's why they, that, that nation is so persecuted. Because why? Because God has so much... In, uh, planned around that nation for the end times. And so if Satan can destroy that nation, then Satan can prevent God from bringing it about. But obviously it won't happen. But Satan is against that nation as he is against the church. And so he initially goes after Israel. God protects Israel at that time. And I can touch on that end times. But he then turns his attention to the rest of offspring talking about the church who were in the earth at that time. And so Satan is not going to say that word, but he is bent on destroying the church of our Lord Jesus Christ. That is his agenda, without a doubt. Um, and so, as part of the church, we need to understand how this all works, because, as I say, if we don't, if we are ignorant in this area, well then Satan is able to not only neutralize us as a threat against him, but can also make life for the Christian miserable. Um, and so we as a, as, a, as a church need to learn, well, what can we do? Up to now we've seen the scripture is very plain to us, both Paul and Peter teach the church, stand against him, resist him. Because when you do, he can't do anything to you. Our Lord said, Satan has no place in me. And so that's where the Lord wants his church to operate out of. And then obviously go on the offensive. But we'll, we'll deal with that going into the series. So the point that I wanted to just clarify in today's teaching uh, is that Satan is the god of this age. He is a cruel god. His whole agenda is to steal, kill, and destroy. And so you can also then, from that point of view, see where all of the destruction in the earth comes from. It is initiated by that person through his myriads of demons that he has out there who are working for him. But all of the, the, the wickedness in the earth because don't forget that picture we saw. When him and his angels are removed, the whole earth rests quietly and is at peace and breaks out into sin. Why is that? Because there's no more of that influence, that deception taking place in the earth. And so mankind is able to just you know, get back to living a peaceful life. But all of the weird stuff that's in the world today is initiated by Satan and his realm. And the one entity that he really wants to destroy is the church because it is, it is that entity that is his ultimate threat in the earth to his reign and so he has to do what he he has to do whatever he can to neutralize the church and to you know just try and destroy them and obviously he goes off to Israel as well but we're not touching on that today we're going to end the teaching and but we as a church are admonished so far we've seen just stand against them we have that authority and we're going to get into it in more detail but we'll end the teaching on that one today. Amen.